I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating, and it gets everywhere. Not like here. Here everything is soft and smooth. Welcome to this week's episode of Say What You Mean. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jake. Dude. Dude. I love this show. What show? This show. Oh, yeah. I lo- I've been so into it lately. I don't know why. So much so that I went back and started the first episode again. Oh, I saw that on Instagram. Yeah. yeah. Um, boring. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. so funny. You can hear how nervous we are. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. <laughs> I love it so much. And I, and I think our second one was worse than our first. one I haven't got there yet, but I can't wait. Oh my god! I don't. I don't <laughs> want everyone to listen to that one again. You got to, dude. You got to know your roots. Um, but you know, I I was just uh, I just wanted to listen just back because I mean we're almost okay. So this is something. Our anniversary is June sixth. Okay. So we passed our anniversary of, of the date that our first episode was released. But you and I had a conversation about having the celebratory episode actually be the 52nd week. Okay. Because we, we've we've released say, to, to the Republic right. as weekly episodes. So it's not yes. technically like an episode. Right. So. I don't count to the Republic. I don't know why. I just... It's not say what you mean. Yeah. I guess is how I feel. Mm-hmm. So... I'm I'm working on stuff behind the scenes, little surprises for you for the 52nd episode. Ooh, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm listening to some of the old stuff just to help kind of with the things I'm working on. Okay. Um, but there's nothing as classic as your elliptical story in episode one. <laughs> oh, me running on the elliptical, dude! Get- it's so good. It's so good because there's a moment where I go. Where are you going with this? Because <laughs> I had no clue. Um, but it's at that point in that first episode, you can kind of hear us kind of loosen up a little bit mm-hmm. and, and feel a little more comfortable. But yeah, so we've been doing this for over a year. Um, episode 52 actually isn't going to be out until sometime in July. Um, but I got some things in the works for that. Um, and then I'll, of, of course, of course, send you what I need you to to do for what i got planned okay i can't wait (laughs) what's going on with you what's new with you other than uh school just school just school well (laughs) i started like i started um for the first time i was given uh training duties for uh for a new hire you never trained a new guy no they always let jeff do it (laughs) so so now that i'm in But this is J E F F. Yeah, I hate them all. You're the, you're the you're the better Jeff. Yeah, the J E O F F. Mm-hmm. Or Wait, G, G bro? Huh? That's you what said, I said. You said J. I think I said G. Oh, okay. You can go back and listen. I'm gonna but listen it was, to the I tape. said G. It may have come out it's as a replay. Like a, as a soft G. Yeah. That kind of maybe sounded like a J. But I I did say I did say <laughs> G in my mind. I'm hedging my bet right now. Okay. All right. Um, oh, go ahead. That reminds me. Oh no! What? I'm pretty sure you owe me three tacos. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I do. That's another thing is we talked about in the first episode how we began betting tacos, and I was like, wait a minute. I do owe pretty you. Pretty sure he owes me three tacos. I do owe you. Th- I will bring them next from week. From a playoff game. Yep. Yeah. I will br- it was uh, the Oklahoma City game where Lillard hit the shot. Yeah, that's and, the best and I, game to and, bet on. And I told you, I told you straight up, like that was the I, I, I am. Those are the best tacos I yeah, have ever owed you. I forgot. Okay, sorry. Jeff's anyway. training. Now you're training. <laughs> so Jeff always trains, and this dude, this guy is just. I mean, he's he's always been the the go to trainer, the go to trainer, right? Um, so he's been um, he's always been the trainer. Now I'm I'm training now, mm-hmm. and this this kid is like he's 19 or 20. He went to Camus, he played football for Camus High School, goes to Central Washington, plays like rugby there, whatever. And uh, so he's 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 definitely a, he's he's an in, he's he's a good he's a good kid, um, but just very young. Um, okay. So it's so it's it's interesting. He doesn't really know too much about guns, but um, is he going to be the gun counter? He's going to be at the gun counter. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that's that's why I'm that's why I'm training him. Um, teaching him the ways and yesterday was just a crazy day to have him as his first day because we had so many just like random things that like never really happen Mm -hmm. happen of course so then he's think he must be thinking like wow this is like an incredibly like stressful job and it's really not like it's a pretty easy job Mm -hmm. for the most part on most days we just happen to have so many just random things go on Mm -hmm. so it it made it hard because i'm trying to teach him but at the same time it's like something that only i can do Mm -hmm. so it's like he was he just did a lot of standing around and like watching me yeah i love that so it's not when you're training but i love Go ahead. I'll tell you. <laughs> well, I'm super happy, though, that he chose to be in my shadow because mm-hmm. I've had other people where, like, as soon as that... They're they like, don't... I'm not going with that weird guy, Jake. <laughs> yeah. Or or they've had... They've had or, or they'll get to the point where, like, they've been told what to do and then they're just kind of, like, they don't feel like they have to learn any... Like, they've like they've got the basics so mm-hmm. they can just, like, stand there. Oh. You know? Or, uh-huh. versus being proactive and being like, oh, I don't know a whole lot about scopes. Jake is talking about scopes. Maybe I should go stand by Jake and listen to him talk to oh, a customer okay. about okay. scopes. And then he, he then he also came up to me and like his the first time like like I was doing I was doing most of most of like the like walking up to customers and, and asking him mm-hmm. so he can just kind of get comfortable with what we stock. I just wanted him to walk around. And see, dude, what I wish I could see you at work. Why? Just because like re- what you're describing right now is not. The Jake that I know, you know, no, the super passive, like, just quiet. You know. Like I'm not talking to anybody in this classroom, <laughs> and that you're being proactive and like talking to strangers and like it's weird. It's just like it's almost like a, because work demands out of me. Right. It's like a performance that right. I have to put on, and therefore, put, I, it's, uh, it's, code change. Yeah. It's yeah. A, exactly. It's a. It's a. I, I have to, to it, see that. With, within the within the within the institution, you have to. It's a. You know. It's a performative behavior. Right. So right. I have to. I have to uh, adhere to that. Anyway. So uh, the we got both Phil and I, who are the people working at the gun counter last night, were both busy, and so he had to like the customer came up. He had to talk to him, and right. then afterwards. Uh, he came up to me and he goes, "Hey, were you able to, you know, catch any of that conversation?" I was like, "Yeah, why?" And he's like, "Well, you, how did I do? How did you know? Is there anything that you think I should change in my like talking to the customer and all that?" Stuff? Like, dude, you did like honestly, That's he did everything really fine. Already. Yeah, that the fact that he cares that yeah. much and like this is his first real paying job, so um, he yeah, good good job on his parents for raising a, a good kid <laughs> and. Uh, and then also him for just being, you know, proactive and stuff. So mm-hmm. that was cool. It was a, it was definitely a different experience. Yeah, that is great when you have a, a 
when you're talking to someone or training someone and they want to know how well they're doing, because if you're giving them feedback, there might be something like, Hey, you could do this better, but that's why they're asking. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, for sure. Um, and he caught on the caught on the gun paperwork pretty quick. Mm -hmm. I, he, I, I helped him through the first one. The second one, he did fairly much fairly because of, everything that was going on right. outside of me trying to train him, he kind of had to go through the second one kind of by himself. Yeah, yeah. And he did a, like an incredibly good job. Mm. Like just all, there's so many little nuances to within gun paperwork right. that it, it changes. Like there's different things you had to write, change the type of gun or the make and model of the gun. There's right. just so many different little things to remember. And he did a really good, he did mm. a really, really good job. So it made my job as a training person easy right so anyway so i said i love that is so we have a bunch of new guys on the dock that have started recently okay and um <laughs> yesterday you know we have a new guy who started two new guys who started last week and two new guys who started yesterday so and we have one guy who trains all the new guys oh wow um and i always give him crap because we have a lot of turnover at, for dock workers and i'm always like hey uh you think it's you think it's a job or you think it's the trainer? I say that to him because he's trained. <laughs> he goes, "Oh yeah, for the last fifteen years, it's only been me. I'm the reason." Just busting his chops. Yeah. But uh, so I'm sitting there, and one of the new guys is working in front of me, and I go, "Hey, are those two guys new guys?" And he's like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Awesome," because they are just standing there. They have nothing to do because it's like we have the doc has deadlines that they got to get things out. Yeah. So the trainer is on his lift like hustling to get things done and then you guys just have to stand there and watch i love it it's dude there's nothing worse than being at a job in a place yes. you're uncomfortable with and not knowing what to do with your hands yes dude, exactly. that is the worst I feeling it. it is the most awkward feeling because you're like i <laughs> i feel like i need to be doing something but like i don't know what it is to be right. it needs to be done so right. you just kind of like end up standing there and I'm like oh that's the worst because you're trying to make a good impression at a new job mm -hmm. you're trying to show that like hey i can handle this i can hang i want this job i'm worthy but then the trainer's like hey you have to just sit tight because i got to get this done and there i i could just see them uncomfortable and kind of like oh shit like what do we do but it, they don't realize that like no no you guys are doing the right thing because that we have to get this done mm -hmm. but just seeing that little bit of uncomfortability uncomfortableness how what is that word i think both could work okay yeah <laughs> they're uncomfortable and i'm just i just kind of smile i just like it i don't know why no i I, like I, <laughs> I get that and as a person who's been in that situation yeah, yeah. like it like I have empathy for them. Yeah. But at the oh, same yeah, time, for sure. It's fun to see somebody else going through it because yeah. then you realize oh, yeah. like, okay, I, I'm not alone. Like I wasn't the only loser who didn't know what to do on their right. first day of work. Right. Like working with my dad on con in construction, mm -hmm. I ran into that quite a bit. Yeah. Because every time like I, I'll go out there for the first time in a summer, it's like I'm the new guy again. Even though I know most oh, of the people, it's yeah, still yeah, like, yeah. what do I do with the shovel? Yeah. Like because I'm being completely Probably out. Dig. I'm being completely outworked by everybody on oh, the crew. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure out like what well, it you're is. You're the boss's son, dude. I, I hate <laughs> being, There is nothing I hate more than than being that because I know they don't say things to me that they want to say to me oh. because I'm in that position. Yeah, I'd say shit to you all the time. You should. <laughs> I wish I wish I wish they would because yeah. they, they're not they're incredibly nice to me. Yeah, yeah. Um incredibly nice, but at the same time, like I know they think like, well, I'm 
like I get away with stuff yeah, yeah, because yeah. I'm my dad's son. Yeah. But it's like re- in reality, <laughs> if they told me to like go do the shit job, yeah, like I would go, I oh. would go, I would go do it. Yeah, yeah. I love when they put new guys on shit jobs too. Like we get truck full of tires, like loose tires, oh. and they have to separate them and unload them. Smell terrible. Too. Oh, dude, it's gross. And they a lot of the time new guys get the the tire trailers. Mm. And to me, like. It builds character. It does, but for me, you know, with a job that has a ton of turnover, you're going to give these new guys the worst job possible. It's like, I'd be like, I'm out of here, dude. Screw this. No way. Oh, gosh. I'm so glad I'm not a dock worker anymore. You know yeah. what's interesting? This is a little job talk. Sorry. Um, but we never talking about my job. <laughs> no, it's true. Honestly, we, we don't. Um, so I have numbers, minimums that the dock has to meet. They have to do. They have to reweigh freight to make sure it's accurate, and they have to send the freight through scanners. They're dimensioners. They get the dimensions so that we can um, just get accurate data of what's coming in and going out. Those minimums are super low, and when they're super low, that reflects on me because that's my department. And mm. then when those numbers are low, my boss says, "Hey." Those numbers are super low. Well, it's for the first time, I'm the only coordinator for that department at my warehouse because the other person quit. We're trying to get a second one. But so it's kind of a lot to come down on me. So he knows that it's not just me. It's the ops operations has to help out and all that stuff, too. But he um, he's like, dude, these numbers are way too low, like unacceptably low. So. I've, I've always been the kind of guy, and he's kind of the same way, where I don't want to micromanage. And I've told the crews that, because I have to coordinate through between both crews. And I told them, hey, I don't want to micromanage. I don't want to, like, you know, come and just shit on you guys all the time. You guys know what you're... I've been a dock worker, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. someone from the office trying to tell me what to do, I tell them to fuck off. <laughs> and I told them that. I said, I totally get it. When you guys are shorthanded or you guys are stressed about deadlines, the last thing you want to worry about is the things I'm asking you to worry about. I'm going to trust that you guys do what you're, what's required of you. But if you don't and I, and I get shit on, I'm going to have to say something to you guys. So it's for the first time, like, I'm really having to... To do that Mm -hmm. because the numbers were unacceptably low. And so I went to to the two new guys because I talked to the ops guy. The ops manager is amazing and him and I work really well together. And he's always helping me out and going out of his way to help me out, which is great. Um, But I'm like, hey, at what point do you want me to start kind of talking to the new guys about getting their minimums? He goes, today. They should be doing that stuff today. I was like, all right, cool. Like, if that's what you say, then I'm going to talk to him. And one new guy was super accepting. And he's like, yeah, dude, absolutely. Like, I'll just incorporate it into my routine and I'll do what I can to get it done. And uh, I was like, also, um, I need to inspect anything that's over eight feet. Um, So as a favor to me, if you see something, could you just flag me down so I can come and inspect it? And he's like, yeah, dude. And and they have like a, a measuring system on their forklift. There's a there's a t- piece of tape right next to them, their driver's seat, mm-hmm. and it's from that tape to the tips of the forks is eight feet. So they can kind of gauge if okay. it's eight feet. Okay. So I'm like, just as a favor to me, you're not required to do that part, but if you see something, just flag me down. If I'm out on the dock, I'd appreciate it. One guy is super accepting. One guy, I'm pretty sure he's like, fuck this guy. <laughs> and it's so 
funny because he's new and he's already like, fuck this guy. I love it. I love it because I can, I can manage that Mm -hmm. in a way where it's like, okay, now, now it's your job, but you know what I mean? Um, but it's fun navigating through, through this new role, but also like having to have these responsibilities of like making sure that everybody does what I need them to do. What is your age relative to the two new guys? Oh, they're they're my age. Um, they're probably one is probably maybe like five years younger than me, and then the other is probably he might be older, a little older. But the older one is the one who's more accepting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. Oh shit! I just had a another story to tell you. Crap! I can't remember. I was going to tell you something that was so good, but uh, hopefully, if it, if it hits me. Or if I remember, I'll share it next week. But anyways, it's just fun trying to to, to be this this different role and be this guy, and because um, technically I'm in management, you know what I mean. So it's 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 just funny handling these, these this role. Yeah, one thing that I find interesting, right? When you're the guy who's not in management, and you're talking about like if I ever got there, I would do so many different things mm-hmm. differently. And then when you actually get there, and you realize you just I don't know if it's if there's something like constitutive about mm-hmm. this where you won't like you it forces you to have to do the same do things the way that you didn't like it to be done yes or is it like socialized like okay i'm actually even though i didn't like it then now that i'm in this role i have to act in this role mm-hmm. i make it i make it constitute like i make it con- constitutive because right. i there's like these ideas about how a manager is supposed to act right. and stuff like that it's, it's it's super interesting i think for me in my case it's I don't fall to the social mm-hmm. aspect of it because I see some of the ways that other people manage and I and it's that brutal kind of the way that I don't like, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so I've tried to avoid that. And honestly, what I'm trying to do, and 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 they probably look at me like as the new guy with wide-eyed dreams of of changing the culture. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's very much how I come in, and I and I and I'm trying to do that for my department because everybody hates my department because it's requiring them to do more work. But from what I from what I get from as feedback, all the guys like me. <gasps> I remembered. I remember what I was going to tell you. Perfect. Oh, thank God! I'm going to write it down. <laughs> Well, let's just jump into it right no, now. No, 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 because it, it has to do that with okay. that. Um, so, uh, what was I saying? <laughs> Gosh dang it. About management Oh, styles. yeah, the management. Okay, so right, so I come in and I'm like, all right, I didn't like the way that the the other person that was in my department ran mm-hmm. it. Um, they were kind of negative and, and kind of acted like they were above these guys, right? Okay. They never worked as a dock worker. I think that's essential to to being in my role. Again, because I understand that if someone from the office was telling me what to do, I'd tell them to fuck off. So I understand where the dock worker is already coming from. Mm-hmm. And I try to tell them. I said, listen, I know that you guys are busy. I know that you're shorthanded. Management and corporate tells me to tell these guys, suck it up. It's part of your job. Which is the attitude I don't want to come off as. Mm-hmm. So I'm very much like, if you guys have any questions as to why you're doing this or any part of the operations, ask me and I will immediately, if I don't know the answer, I'll immediately find out the answer for you guys. So anytime anybody's like, hey, why do we do this? Or what does this mean when we do that? If I don't know the answer, I'll call my boss. He'll tell me. I'll immediately run back out there and say, hey, I just got off the phone with my boss and this is why. Okay. I'm trying to create 
a symbiotic relationship. You know <laughs> what I mean? I need them to do their job and so that I can do my job. If I'm shitting on them, there's going to be no teamwork. But as I've told you, now that the numbers are at the minimums, you I have to kind of turn the tide towards those towards that attitude that I don't like. Like, come on, guys. This is part of your job. You have to do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. As far as management style. So I'm trying to be very like, I'm with you guys. I'm on your side. But when they're not doing it, it's like, now I have to get a little more managerial. Sure. Which I hate. I hate doing it. Mm-hmm. I want to just be trust them to do their job. But when my boss is like, Hey man, if we don't get those minimums up, I'm gonna start have to start micromanaging, and I hate that. Well, to avoid being micromanaged, I have to micromanage. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Shit rolls downhill. It, it, exactly, and that's <laughs> one of those sayings that is always said at work, and those guys know that. And when I come to them, I'm like, Hey, you guys aren't doing this, and I go, I know this is this the records on repeat, but you got to do it. Shit rolls downhill. If I'm getting shit on, you're going to get shit on. And I don't want to do that. So please just do your job so I can leave you alone. Because I want to be able to just skate through my life <laughs> in <Yeah>. this job. <laughs> okay, you ready for this okay, guy? I'm ready, okay. for, I'm ready for the story. I enjoy most of the people that are I work with. Um, they're all very helpful. They're all they're very open to working with me. Like I told you, it's a teamwork environment that I'm trying to create positive attitude towards my department. But so one fear that I had switching shifts was the the guys that I work with on the morning shift were were great, great teamwork. They'd always help me out. I was worried about switching to this shift and not having that same relationship from what I my every interaction that I had with the outbound shift, which is the shift I'm on now. They were all grumps and grouches. And I was like, I don't want to come on that shift. And the ops manager was like, why not, dude? We're great over here. I'm like, they all just seem grouchy, dude. He goes, you'll get to know them and you'll like them. I was like, all right, man. So I switched over. I like all of them. They're all great guys, except for one son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) There's always the one guy. Dude, he is unreal, Jake. I can't fathom this, this personality type. I've never run into anybody like this. He hates his life. He hates society. He hates people. He has this dark, the darkest cloud I've ever seen over his head 24-7. He's always just shit. I've never seen him smile. He's just never laughs, never jokes, never talks to anybody ever. So why do you hate him? Okay. So one of the new guys comes up to me the other day and he's like, uh, hey, man, can I ask you a question? And some of the doc ops, I'm not as familiar with these doc operations as I was where I came from mm-hmm. because that's not what I do. But I was like, I'll try, man. I'll, I'll see what I can do, but I'll help you out. And he goes, OK. So he goes, hey, so this this paperwork isn't set up correctly for this door. Do I use this paperwork? And I was like, yeah, 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 you have it right. Use this paperwork instead of that paperwork. He's like, okay, cool. I thought so. Then this dude who doesn't fucking talk to anybody actively avoids me, backs up to both of us and goes, uh, can I help you guys with something? Ooh, Jake, I was so mad. Oh, my blood was boiling. Like, really? Really? You don't say anything to anybody. And, oh. 
And the thing is, is he does everything that I expect my department expects him to do. So I can't even ding him on that. Like, oh, he just like he's so just gloomy that like there are guys on the dock when he drives by, they'll go boo. <laughs> really? They don't know why he he doesn't know why they're doing it. He thinks it's just like a dock joke. Mm-hmm. But I go, why do you guys do that? And they're like, because so and so. He's a he's a dark cloud. Every time he jumps by, we're just boo, dude. He's just I don't understand it. And Does he so, like take care of himself? Is he like dirty or is he clean? He is wears he... the same thing every day. He wears a, a Atlanta Falcons hat every day. Oh, that might be one of the yeah. Other uh, he's never recovered from that Super Bowl they lost he's to the just Patriots. A grouch. And the most fascinating part of this whole thing, this personality, he doesn't get along with anybody. Like maybe one guy. The most fascinating thing about this dude is he doesn't drive. He's 50-something years old and chooses not to drive. Mm. So he bums rides from people. That's the worst. (laughs) How can you be just a grouch and just a sourpuss and then ask people for rides? Yeah. I just can't. I cannot fathom this guy, Jake. He's just like, I I am so good at getting to people like kind of when I'm when I have resistance from someone and they're just like I'm not into you or I, I'm putting my wall up it's always my goal to I'm gonna break through that wall you're gonna like me you know what I mean I'm mm-hmm. gonna find something we can relate on there's a professor that I had that was like immediately wrote me off not that we had but that I had did I say that <laughs> that I had that you had yeah, yeah and it he was, was your just, English professor yeah. and I was like I'm going to get through this guy. By the end of the semesters, we were so tight. And it was like, yes. And that's how I, I was like, all right, I'm going to get this guy. Nope. It's impossible. It's impossible. I just, I can't, I can't figure this guy out. Um, like, I, I was like, I need to inspect something. And I was like, hey, man, uh, it's a big order that I inspect every day. I'm like, I need to inspect this. And he's like, well, I'm just going to run it through the dimensioner. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. You can do that, too. But I just need to get him. Okay. And then so he's running through the things through the dimensioner. And I'm like, hey, man, I appreciate you running that through the dimensioner, though. That does get our numbers up. And he goes, I always run it through the dimensioner. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I kind of know the type of guy. Oh, dude. It's so crazy. I can't figure it out. I, I've given up entirely. Yeah. I don't even talk to him. You just you do you and I'll leave you alone. Hmm. But that's what he wants. He wants people to leave him alone until he needs a ride home. Does he live like close to anybody? I think so. I think there's like two or three guys who live. He lives out in Clackamas. So there's two or three guys that live out that way. But that's the worst, man. Like you got off work and then you have to take somebody home. Yeah. But you don't like say no because you're like a nice person. So like you keep doing it. But that dude, there's just something about driving home by yourself after work. Right. Like it's kind of like a decompression yes, time. Absolutely. I hate having somebody next to me like wanting to like i don't know maybe maybe he just doesn't talk and he just right. sits there awkwardly yeah i'm sure he would i'm sure he but would But what if he also wanted to talk and you're just like dude i don't want to talk right now right and it's gonna be all about about work yeah they're not gonna not talk about work yeah there one guy told me he asked him for a ride and he goes uh yeah i'll give you a ride home but me and so-and-so are gonna stop by sherry's and get some food and he was like he like went ugh, no And then ask somebody else for a ride. Dude, This I, I just can't with this personality. It's so weird. 
This guy seems like a mix of person. Like he, he's the combination of two of the worst people that I have to work with, yeah. which would make this dude in like just the worst. Uh, every time I see him, like if he's moving freight that I need to inspect, I'll just get it later. I'm not even going to go over there. <laughs> I just rather not. Yeah. And I could totally like pull the manager card and be like, Hey, uh, you want to run that through the dimmer? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And be a dick back. But that's not my personality. Like I'll just handle or deal. I don't know. It's funny. <laughs> oh, the trials and tribulations of work. <sighs> Sorry, we went off having on to deal, that one. Having to deal with people. <laughs> okay, so I have um, one more thing that I have to do. Okay. Um, because of everything I'm working on, this will seem out of context, but it'll make sense in the future. Okay. Tucker is adorable. All right. I just want you to know that. Okay. I, I think he's the most handsome dog I've ever seen. Um, I don't know why he doesn't have more... Instagram followers, he should be the most famous golden in the world. Um, um, <laughs> this is hard. <laughs> um, I just wanted to, you know, in the past, it might have come off that I don't think he's in a, a handsome dog, but God, he's such a good looking <laughs> dog. He might be. I know what this is about. <laughs> um, but I'm just, I just want everyone to know that Adam Jake's two dogs, they're both gorgeous dogs but tucker you know he's the firstborn he's just a he's just a handsome boy and i'm so (laughs) such a dick (laughs) (laughs) um so i'm amending anything that might have been misconstrued and i just how did you find out about this i told you i'm working on things in the back okay (laughs) um so anyone who might question what i think or how i view tuck he's a good handsome boy all right all right (laughs) Oh God! Um, one more thing that I wanted to say was, uh, Dame is turning twenty nine. I don't want to get too into basketball talks, but that scared me. Twenty nine. Yeah, Damian Lillard. I thought he was twenty eight. He's turning twenty nine this year. When? I don't know. Before the season? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. That's the problem with drafting guys that were four year college players. Yeah. I didn't realize he was that old, and that's kind of worrisome. And. You know, someone tweeted, like, he's turning 29, so, like, cherish every moment that you have with this guy because it's it's running He's got, like, three years, maybe. Yeah. Which is weird, dude. Like, Mike Conley is 31. And Mike Conley seems so much older than Damian Lillard. Durable, too. Right? Conley's been hurt the last couple years. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Not as durable. But it just seems like there's so much more tread on the tires. Mm Mm-hmm for conley but he came out after his first he he oh. went in the draft after his one year in college right. so like he's played 11 years in the league where mm-hmm. lillard's only played i think seven oh, so yeah i don't know i worry about it yeah i i i just man that window just the window I th- and then, okay and i said this today i, I don't want to get too much into basketball but i think the blazers window is cracked this next season yeah i thought the same thing with, with, e- with everything that happened no, next season, the window's cracked. This coming one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with Nurk's injury. He's going to miss some time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, they're, the window for... I think the window's been closed for years. And any chance... I'm talking towards a championship. Oh. Okay. With everything that happened to OKC... Or, mm-hmm. sorry, the Warriors. And Houston's falling oh, apart. Oh, cracked as in the Blazers have an opportunity. Yes. Okay, yeah. I think that with everything that's happening around the league... They have a chance to at least get to the finals. I think they need to make a move, 
something at the trade deadline. But everyone's like, maybe the best move is to stay together. Ugh. Stay together. They're losing like all of their bench plus probably Aminu. I'm okay losing Aminu, but some people aren't. <laughs> I want him to go away. Um, but anyways, I just think that with Dame being as old as, as he is and with everything that's happening around the surrounding teams, but who knows what happens with moves being made. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if the Lakers are going to be instantly successful like people hope. No, they. have you seen? like Their roster has nobody. Yeah, I love it. That's another thing real quick. is uh, People I talk to... I got so un- I'm getting so annoyed by this, but they're like, dude, Lakers might also get Kemba Walker. That's not going to fit, dude. Or, dude, Lakers might also get like Chris Paul. What if they could get Chris Paul? I'm like, why are you guys talking about this? Like, you want it to happen? I hope they get nobody. I hope they get the worst players in the league. I don't think they get anybody. I. Uh, why is there an a- advocacy for them to do well? Yeah, like amongst Blazer fans, I don't yeah. get it. I I I, I will I think say it's like the the pageantry of the Lakers. Maybe, maybe it just draws people to wanting them to be relevant again. I think the playoffs were a little less were a little anticlimactic without LeBron. I think when you don't have Le- LeBron's fun to watch. I love to watch LeBron. Yeah, maybe that's where it's coming from. Maybe people want to see how they play with LeBron, and it's always fun to watch LeBron succeed. But not if he's on the effing Lakers. No, I think so many. I think people who listen and watch national media, it's all Lakers, dude. It's, yeah, it's you're. We're just so inundated with Laker talk. Right. It's go on Colin Cowherd throughout Ugh. all of last season. No matter where the Lakers were at, it's mm-hmm. all LeBron. It's all Lakers. It's Lakers. 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 What are the Lakers going to do with Rob Polinka and Magic Johnson? It's like every right, right. thing is super analyzed throughout the national media, and that's all the narrative. So when people are sitting around like, oh man, like that's important. That's cool. There's intrigue because the media has created intrigue. Yeah. About the Lakers, so I think Gross. there are people who are just like, "Oh man, like the Lakers, like that is interesting because yeah. like that's all I've been hearing about." No, I want them to fail. I want them to be an embarrassment on the league. I want them to be the last seed. No, I don't want them. To, I want them to be in last place in the league. <laughs> that's what I want. I genuinely yeah. want that. I don't. The fact that they got Anthony Davis that sucks. I want them to 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 crumble and be terrible because that makes a little path for Portland a little easier. Yeah. So anybody who's advocating for the Lakers to get better who isn't a Lakers fan, think about what you're saying. You don't want them, even if Kemba is a good fit, you don't want them to get an all-star. You don't. Uh, What's his name? Al Horford. Anybody who's a free agent, whether they fit in our system or not, and they're an Mm all-star, you want them to come to Portland. Stop saying you want them to go to the Lakers. I don't care who they are. Stop it. Yeah. That pick and roll is gonna. <laughs> the pick and roll is gonna be deadly between LeBron yes. and AD. Yes, it's gonna be gross. Anyways, so that's my rant. Stop, Lakers suck. <laughs> if you're a Blazers fan, do you want Blazers to succeed? Do you want everyone to want to come to Portland, not to LA? Stop it. Yeah, I think two names real quick to watch. One via trade, one via free agency that the, that Portland could grab just yeah. because of need and fit. Aaron Gordon via trade. Ooh. And uh, Nikola Mirachek via free agency. Hopefully, if he can still pop and hit threes like he has been. He didn't do particularly well for, no. for uh, Milwaukee. But, but maybe that's the system. I think it's the system. Yeah, I think he'd do well in Portland. They're not really a... Uh, Milwaukee didn't really maximize their three-point shooting. No, no. Whereas Stotts does. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, so I messaged you about this. Um, the cough. 
Did you look it up? No. Okay, good. So uh, Trump did an ABC interview. I thought you misspelled Chernobyl or something. Like I th- when I said cough. Yeah, like I thought. I thought for some reason I'm like, well, what on earth starts with a C that I would know about? And yeah. I was like, maybe Chernobyl, and it just came out the cough. Like yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. Okay. So I'm interested in so this. Tr- they're filming an ABC interview with Trump. Oh, the Stephanopoulos interview. Yes, okay. Yeah. And uh, the chief of staff. Mick Mulvaney? Yeah. Yeah. He coughs in the background. And Trump's like, if you're going to cough, leave the room. Can we do that again? Was that live on the interview or was that like footage after? Footage after. I have. Uh, Because I've seen the Stephanopoulos interview. I just didn't see that. Oh, I didn't watch it yet. Okay. It's pretty good. I mean, it's kind of cool because Stephanopoulos gives him some real softballs early. Mm -hmm. And like, oh, like what do you do you are you a breakfast guy and then trump's like no i prefer lunches and dinner and, uh-huh. and then all of a sudden Mueller. <laughs> really <laughs> yeah and then, oh, and, then and then trump has no like just did not see it coming because like stephanopoulos just like softball 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 uh-huh. softball 90 mile an hour fastball right down like high and t- high and tight and, and then trump just freezes dude really? he just freezes is it yeah. online yeah, it should be. Okay, yeah. I'm going to watch that. Mm-hmm. This is the clip, though, of him getting clearly annoyed that they're coughing in the background. Okay. <laughs> I'm excited to hear about this. Oh, God. When you will see my financial statement at some point, I assume it's going to be released, you'll be very impressed with the job I've done. Much, much bigger, much, much Which better than statement? anybody. Uh, they're after my financial statement. The Senate, they'd like to get my financial statement. At some point, I hope they get it. You're what does that even mean? No, at some point, I might. But at some point, I hope they get it because it's, <laughs> it's a fantastic financial statement. It's a fantastic financial statement. And uh, let's do that over. He's coughing in the middle of my answer. Yeah, okay. I don't like that, you know? When like your it. chief of staff. If you're going to cough, please leave the room. Get a shot of, and I'll, yeah. I'll come over here. Just, just can't, you just can't. Just to change the shot. Okay. Sorry. Okay, do you want to do that a little differently then? Yeah, we just changed the angle. Yep. Thank you. So at some point, so at some point, I look forward to, frankly, I'd like to have people see my financial (laughs) statement. He's just really going to talk to Mulvaney like that? So annoyed, dude. Well, I heard he's a, I've heard Trump is like a self, he's self-proclaimed himself as a germaphobe. Yeah. So I can see why he like gets annoyed, like he doesn't like germs, but (laughs) damn, that's brutal. Like, just talk to him like a kid. If you're going to cough, get out of the room. <laughs> Dude, I love it so much. Why does he have, rac- why does the president have raccoon eyes? Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm. so he's been wearing sunglasses because he's Dude, tan. He's dark everywhere but his eyes. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And I don't know. But what does that mean? Like, just on about that. Yeah. That's insane. Thank you for showing yeah. that to me. I hadn't yeah. seen that. That's just, inc- I mean, like, that's such an incredible, like, Look into how he acts when he's not in on. A, in a, yeah, yeah. When he's not on. Stephanopoulos is like, oh, you mean your chief of staff? And he's like, yeah, leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It just it just shows that Trump Trump doesn't care doesn't care about anybody's opinion. All he just keeps those people around him because technically he has to have those people around right. him because it's like part of the job. Right. But really, it's really it's his own opinions that ultimately. It's the only thing that's that matters. All he cares, yeah. all he cares about. Um, so you were talking a little bit about what the content of that scene of, oh, I hope they get, I hope they get the financial statements. I hope they. But get then it. you're blocking them, so yeah. you can't. If you want them to, you 
you want them to block him. You're blocking them. You don't want yeah. them to get them, but then you also want them to see them. Like that's what, what he's saying there. I want him. I want him to have them. I want him to see them. Well, and then he goes. Well, so you're going to give them to him? Well, no, 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 no. Like you need to play the game. You need to jump through the hoops, and maybe I hope you get them. He's just saying that to say that yeah. he's full of shit. Um, They're really, really good. You want to see them? Yes. Yeah. Because I'm so successful. Find out next episode on Trump. <laughs> I don't know. It's nonsense. Yeah. Um, there was something, oh, there's something else Trump related that I wanted to talk to you about real quick before we get into what we have planned. But, okay. uh, uh, this, this consistent joking of extending his term is, I don't know. It's concerning only because I know how his people interpret that. Yeah. 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 I, I think it's just, it's either him prodding. To see, like, what can I get away with? Yeah. Like, could I, like, could I get away with, with this? Yeah. Like, what are, like, where is, it's him constantly trying to, this whole presidency, his first two and a half years to me has just been him trying to figure out where he can push. Right. Right. And he hasn't received much resistance. Yeah. On anything. On anything. I think, I don't know, I can't imagine that if he pushes that. That goes over well with Americans. I imagine instant rebellion. Instant. Only, And I only say that because I talked about this yesterday with Jen. And I was like, if he stays one day later, I'm starting a rebellion. <laughs> <laughs> one day later, Jake. I'm not even exaggerating because that is just looking at what has happened with dictatorships and coups and, uh, you know, overthrows in all of all around the world it's so dangerous well yeah it's scary it is i i wonder if he just this is the game with him though right and this is like this is kind of is he this is he this you know megalomaniac who is just out there to gain power and he's he's pushing all of these norms because he has like you know this he has like this vindictive motive Mm -hmm. whereas there's the like the other side of like the critiques on him which is a little bit less it's just like he he's saying this stuff knowing that he obviously can't get it right just so he can get people focused on oh my god can you believe what trump just said right while he's moving the seventh fleet into attack position in the in the you know indian ocean right so it's just it's weird. It could be a little bit of it both. Could, I guess it could be. It yeah. could be both. It, yeah. Either way, it's terrifying. Well, it's terrifying because of he doesn't. I don't think he fully appreciates how his words land with no his constituents, the yeah. people who ardently support him. They hear him calling for an extra two years. They're like, "Well, yeah, two more years." Yeah. And they and, they're, and they think it's totally fine because the president is saying it right without fully the implications. Yeah. I mean, let's just like the process for it's a constitutional amendment now that the president can't serve more than two terms. Right. So in order to reverse that, you would need two thirds of the Senate. You need Mm -hmm. two thirds of Congress. You would need um, the Supreme Court to then say it's okay, Mm -hmm. And then you'd have to have two thirds state of the states. No way to to ratify it. There's no there is no way he's staying longer than he can. Well, if he. 
Yes. Yeah. You're right. Because in there's been constitutional amendments yes. throughout other democracies yes. who have fallen because a guy just said nope. Yep. And has used uh, loopholes yeah. throughout the Constitution. And we've seen these loopholes because he has already exploited some of them to get other, like his Emergency Powers Act. Mm-hmm. You, there is an avenue. That right. It's sketchy as hell, but yeah. there is an avenue where he could just, sub, you know, circumvent the system and stay in power. Right. But just, we're, I think we're banking on norms. We're banking on the... That's a bit more than a norm, though. That's an actual law. It is, but we're we're banking on the norm of the process, of the, of the system operating the way that it should. But as we've seen, uh, like you mentioned, other democracies have, have had systems in places and checks and balances in place. Yeah. That have completely fallen apart. So, yeah, I think there's an avenue, like you said, or a way that this could not go well. But for people to advocate for that, it's insane. And I don't know. I And honestly, I have not seen anybody advocate for it yet. Right, right. That's not to say that we've seen the Hannity's of the world do complete mm-hmm. political gymnastics to... They would say, oh, of course, like he doesn't mean that now. We would never support that. Right. And then it comes to when they actually would have to support it, them doing yeah. that, like, and then coming out and saying, well, well, yeah, we, we do support it because at the end of the day, you're not going to break from your guy. Right. So, yeah. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying, but I'm just saying like it, him even saying that stuff, he doesn't understand what it does to his followers you know how they instantly grab to that stuff and even with the validation of like oh these first two years have been a mess because of the Mueller investigation so i should get those years added on to the end like that's some of the validation i've seen yeah and it's like they could see that and go hey yeah that's right yeah yeah but if it was a democrat no way in hell they would be okay with that no so i don't know that's just one thing i wanted to say um any thoughts before we get into it? Nope. I think I'm pretty good. You're pretty good? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Hey, kids. Are you ready for counterculture? Well, here's your host, Jake. Hello, and welcome to this iteration of counterculture. In this particular episode, we're going to... I'm going to tell the story of the dude with the sandy gun. The dude with the sandy gun. This is my favorite segment, by the way. <laughs> I love this segment. Uh, and then I think this will get uh, how I think we've planned this out is that we'll we'll start with some lighthearted uh, tales from the gun counter, and then it'll get us into a more um, a more nuanced talk about uh, Washington's initiative that is set to go into effect July 1st, which yep. is. I-1639 and has a whole grab bag full of new gun legislations for the state of Washington. And with that, all sorts of misconceptions and uh, just craziness is all surrounding this because it's a light. It's a guns are a lightning rod in our political Mm -hmm. discussion in in any political discussion. So, um, yeah. So let's just wade into this. So we'll start with the lighthearted fun story. Of the dude with the sandy gun. Dun, dun, dun. So, I, um, this was, this happened a couple days ago. Okay. And I, we, when people bring in firearms to our store, they have to check them in at customer service. Okay. And they page 
the hunt anybody who's a hunting employee the to the expert. front to come up, make sure the gun is cleared before right. we take it back to the counter. Cleared. So it's not loaded. Gotcha. And then we escort the customer. We hold we take the gun mm-hmm. and then we walk the then gun back. with the customer gotcha. back to the counter. Because there's ammunition that is, you know, would be between us and the counter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We just don't want someone walking around with a loaded firearm. For sure. So, uh, but they can, they, they can, cons- we allow concealed carry on our floor, but if they intend to take it out in any way, like to fit a holster or have like a, like they're bringing a rifle and have a scope mounted, we ask them to, to check it in. Cool. Um, so anyway, I get a call to the front. So I, I mean, I'm, I'm knowing that that's, um, there's a firearm up there. Right. So I come up and it says, dude with a backpack. And this guy looks like he's one of those dudes where like a school backpack. Yeah. Okay. And he's got it set set on the counter, and he's wearing camel fatigues and like this re, like neon like chartreuse Reebok athletic shirt. And he's kind of an older dude, and he's one of those guys where you're not really sure if he's just really really dirty or just incredibly tan. <laughs> That's how people describe me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's like a but he, but he's like a white dude. Okay. But but he's just like always out in the sun. Okay, I got you. Okay, so um, he's talking. He's so he's talking to me. He's this, this older gentleman. He's got like a white mustache, and uh, so he's telling me. Um, he's like, well, he's like, so I have a Taurus, and I needed to send. I needed to send back to the factory. There's something wrong with it. What's a Taurus? It's a pistol. It's okay. a brand of a pistol. So I'm like, okay, and it's not a particularly good brand of pistol. Okay. It's kind of economy line of handguns it's not they're not particularly well made um so and they're they're inexpensive Mm -hmm. so i'm like okay well where is it and so he like digs around in his backpack and he takes out the backpack and he's like here you go he takes out the gun takes out the gun from the backpack sorry and he hands me the gun and he's like shoves it at me and he doesn't like clear the action or anything to show that it's unloaded and like proper etiquette and you hand somebody a gun is to op- open the action to show that you're handing them an unloaded firearm. Okay. This dude just basically shoves it at me like barrel first. There you go. And oh, so I, I take it from him and like I, I turn so I'm not pointing the gun at any, any of the cashiers that I'm currently facing. So right. I turn to put it, point in a safe direction and I can feel in the handle that the gun's loaded. So I... I, I dropped the magazine. Of course, there's rounds in the mag. And he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, there's one in the chamber, too. Dude just handed me, like, a, a hot gun. And I'm like, I'm like, are you kidding me, dude? And and then, but that's not, like, that's one thing. Right. The second thing is I'm looking at this firearm, and I go to, like, try to, I, I go to try to uh, rack the action back to, to eject the, the, the live round in the chamber, and I the action just fr- is froze up. You can't get it to to uh to come back and he's like oh yeah that's that's the problem with it like you didn't think to to tell me that you're handing me a loaded gun that you can't get unloaded jesus and sand is just literally falling out of out of this off of this gun coming out of all of the little like nooks and crannies just sand everywhere on this gun i've never seen anything (laughs) like this and I'm like, I was like, okay, well, I can't. He's was like, it buried? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened to this thing. And I was like, why is it? So I asked him, like, why is it so sandy? Because I was, one, I'm mad about being handed a load of firearm. For sure. And without being warned. Yeah, that's annoying. You know, I'm, I have like this loaded gun in the middle of a store with people all around me. Yeah. And you can't get the. And I can't get the lo- the round out. Yeah. I was like, you didn't think to like warn me? Like I, oh, God, I was pa- so I was pissed. Yeah. So it came out a little sassy I when, love it, it. when I said, "Why is it so sandy?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
And oh, he's, he, my so then the guy's like, the guy was kind of taken aback by it. Like, why would anybody ask me why my gun's sandy? He's like, yeah. He's like, uh, it must have got. I think it got sandy when I was trying to take it apart. What the fuck? In in his sand in his sandbox? <laughs> don't <laughs> know. I toys? don't know. So I'm, I was like, I'm so I, I I dropped the barrel and I have it pointed at the ground and I'm like, okay, well let's take it back to Phil. And Phil is like this older retired gentleman that have I worked with forever. And he's and stronger than you. He's not. <laughs> not stronger than. He might be. He might be. I don't know. But Phil uh, gotta have a, a Phil's a badass. This guy this guy arm wrestle. This guy doesn't have gun safes. He has gun rooms with like oh, with like vault doors. That's awesome. He's a huge collector. Yeah. He's well known in the firearm community in yeah. Oregon and Washington. He's like this guy knows more about firearms than I could like has forgotten more than I would ever know. Right. And that's not hyperbole. This yeah. dude knows everything. There is some like old like retired military rifles this guy can like look at it and tell you where this thing came from when it was made just by looking at the gun it's wow. insane the guy has an incredible wealth of knowledge and he works there and he works there yeah i feel like he could like be working for a museum or something he very well that much. he very well could dang um but he works for like organ arms collectors and stuff oh, like okay. that so, so he, he does he, other stuff he does other stuff and uh he's been brought in on court cases for like, for for like uh uh, involving firearms yeah. and like talking about ballistics and stuff like that. This guy knows his Holy shit. Holy crap! So and I take he's it strong. I t- and he's strong. <laughs> so I take it back to I take it back to Phil and I was like, Phil, like, hey, round in there. I explained to him what was going on. And round, it's, super sandy, <laughs> so, sandbox. So, incident. so we're looking. He's look. We're looking this over and we're like, we told the guy, hold on. So me, and my manager John and Phil go around back, and it the extractor, which is the little cloth thing mm-hmm. that when the when a, when the fire when the some automatic pistol is fired. Mm-hmm. The extractor grabs the the back of the case mm-hmm. and it take and it removes the case as the slide comes back. Gotcha. The extractor was so corroded, it was just frozen place. Oh my So that's God. why you couldn't like with the sand and this corroded extractor, you couldn't that's why you couldn't get the slide to come back. It yeah. was just this gun was destroyed. Uh-huh. I've never seen anything like it. Thank God he didn't try to shoot it because there was sand inside the barrel mm-hmm. and that that doesn't, you know, expand, uh, sand doesn't readily just, you know, collapse. Right. It just, it's going to create a pressure spike, which would have blown the gun. Like, right. The guy would have blown the gun up if he had tried to shoot it. That's how much sand was in this barrel. <laughs> so we we take Phil's, Phil has like this little miniature um, uh, Swiss army knife. Mm-hmm. And he's able to, as I'm pulling the slide back, Phil is able to get his little Swiss Army knife in there with his extractor, like to get the extractor pushed out enough to where he we could get it to kind of unfreeze, and then we we're able to just rip the slide open mm-hmm. and, ex- and extract the round. And then we took the gun completely apart, doused it in gun like in gun solvent and oil, mm-hmm. blowing all of the sand out as best as we could. Try to like took steel wool and worked on the extractor to get you know try to freeze that. Is he waiting un- there this whole time? Yeah, and we did all of that for free. We're not even a gunsmith shop. We did all of this for the guy just because oh we didn't want. Gosh. He's like, well, I want to send it back to Taurus. Like we not sending it back to Taurus in this condition. Like yeah. they're just going to tell you to, uh, well, pound sand. Yeah. So um, <laughs> the uh, so the. <laughs> the anyway so this is we finally get the guy out of we finally but that was just i've just never seen a firearm in that poor condition i want the backstory he says he does like surf fishing so i would imagine like he surf fishing 
like down on the beach and stuff, like down on the ocean and stuff, where you go out and surf, oh, fish for a surf okay. perch, and you're like waiting. You're I like was wade. imagining surfing and fishing. Oh, <laughs> you wade out into the surf and you fish gotcha. for like ocean fish that stay near the shore, like surf perch and stuff like that. Okay, so, so he I'm has guessing, his gun. I'm guessing that he just keeps his gun on him while he's doing that, and it's just because he's always at the beach. Okay. There's just sand, okay. Okay. but he never cleans it. That gun was buried. <laughs> Probably. I should have ran I should have ran the serial number to see if it had ever been reported as stolen yeah. or been lost. Yeah. Because it more than likely it was just a gun that he found. I oh dude, I love that you were like, Why is that so sandy? <laughs> dude, that that's the thing about these stories that you tell me sometimes is like I wish I could get a little insight into like their daily lives or or a little bit of the history, like just imagine a montage sequence of what that gun had been through mm-hmm. prior to being in your hands. Yeah. Or just it for me it's the, the the like the point of analysis for me is how do you think that that's okay? Your behavior bringing in a loaded firearm not telling the person you're right. handing it to that it's loaded. Dude, it happens to me more like more times than I care to like count. It's insane how many people just don't understand that that's not okay behavior like that's dangerous behavior is there anyone who's ever like offended that you're offended yes oh i bet i i I got really (laughs) i got really really like pissy with this with this woman and her boyfriend Mm -hmm. uh handing me a a loaded firearm off safety and not all not all handguns have safeties this particular one did and, and she handed it to me off safety with a round in the chamber and more rounds in the magazine so if if something had happened, there would have like it would have shot that round and then put another one in the magazine. Right. Like, it's just there's so many things that could have gone wrong, and you're just like, you don't think there's anything wrong with just handing someone like oh, here's my gun. Right. Like that's just that's so dangerous. Did you give them sass? Yes. And, and then what? they and then they complained about me. They complained about you. Yeah. <laughs> they complained about me to my manager. What did they say? They said like he was really rude. Well, you probably were. And they said they weren't going to come back again, which, <gasps> thank God. Oh, wow. You're ruining business. I know. <laughs> I just, I don't, wow. I, don't, I don't understand it. Uh, maybe it's because you guys are the professionals. I don't. I guess. I don't just, know. We're not really the professionals. That's we're what I'm saying. Gunsmiths. Yeah. You could be an 18-year-old kid. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, wow. Just people don't think, man. I just, I think that. They think that gun accidents happen to everybody but them, and it's just mm-hmm. not going to happen to them. Mm-hmm. That they've watched movies, they've watched, they play video games where you die and you're you're like you respond, you get shot, nothing really happens. Right. Like how many times have we seen James Bond take rounds and it hasn't never right. really affected him? Like t- ten minutes later in the movie, he's off running, jumping from buildings again. Oh, yeah. I just don't think people really. I think some people do not understand the ramifications of what happens once that once that trigger is pulled right right you can never take that bullet back and i don't i think people do not have the cognitive awareness Mm -hmm. of what that hat what that really absolutely what that really means there's a reason officers like go like address mental health or or anything when they've discharged their weapon Mm -hmm. there's a reason they they address that yeah it's just it's it's alarming. I don't know how we don't have more accidental discharges and accidents in this country yeah. with some of the people that are out there carrying. Yeah. Because like concealed weapons permits, 
don't have any sort of competency requirements in especially in Washington oh. and Oregon. You just Washington, you don't even have to take a class. You yeah. just go to the county sheriff's office, you pass the background check, you get issued Where? in the state of Washington. Oh, wow. You just go to the county sheriff's office yeah. or the courthouse and you apply, mm-hmm. you get fingerprinted, they do your background check, and then they send you the permit. There's no like are you competent to actually carry smarter than a fifth grader (laughs) do you have any experience do you know where it's legal to carry and where it's not legal to carry like what are like when is it okay to engage somebody with lethal force Mm -hmm. when is it not okay to engage with lethal force there is no like standard for that at all Mm -hmm. and god forbid you bring it up you know otherwise you're a socialist yeah and then um you're trying to be a gun grabber Oregon has a class that you have to meet like minimum required. Like they, they my go, sister took it. Yeah, recently. They, Oregon, you go over that. There are there are some stuff, but there is no like hands on requirement where mm. some where you go to a range and you make sure like okay, you actually know how to handle and function a firearm, right? How what to do if your gun jams on you, um, that kind of stuff. Like they at least there's a little bit more in Oregon than there is in Washington. But people complain that that's just government intrusion. Are you advocating for all of that? The more and more I deal with these idiots at the gun counter, the more and more I am. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I I used to be all I used to be all for like why do even why do we even like go, let's go with Arizona. Mm-hmm. Arizona has a is they call themselves a constitutional carry state, mm-hmm. which means you can carry within this, the borders of Arizona without a concealed weapons permit. And I'm like I'm all for that. Washington. Oh, should, you can like, just have a gun on you. You should just have a gun on you, or like a universal carry permit where you can get one permit and it's like a like a driver's license that's good in all states. Right. Um, but like, but then I'm also thinking at the same time, it needs to be like minimal like requirements as possible. Mm-hmm. As I've grown up and I have seen things, right, been put in crappy situations, both yeah. hunting and then also at the, at the counter, just seeing people's ignorance and just irresponsible behavior. Yeah. I'm just like, man, as much as it sucks for those who are law abiding citizens, this is a public, this is a public health issue. Yeah. For sure. I like what you said as far as them not understanding the responsibility or or the the implications of shooting something or someone. Yeah. Because I'm sure there are plenty of gun owners out there who have never shot and killed anything. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yikes. I don't know. Yeah, it's frustrating. <laughs> and... Yeah, I've definitely I appreciate your perspective though. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you're you're coming from a place who you've you've been raised on guns mm-hmm. and handling guns and hunting and selling guns and showing how your your opinion has changed or evolved because of interacting with those who have not grown up the same way or educated themselves in the same way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I try to I so my own personal story with carrying. When I first got my carry permit, I wanted to carry everywhere, and mm-hmm. I did. I carried everywhere, uh, which and then I and then I hated the way I felt. Mm. Like I didn't. It, it just like felt like there was a th- like there was a threat around every corner. Right. And it just I was always like amped, and I didn't like that. Yeah. So I stopped carrying. That's interesting. And so that I, is super interesting. And I'm just like, if I'm in a place where I feel like I need to carry maybe I shouldn't be in that place, mm. but I'm not going, that's my own personal beliefs. I'm not trying to attribute that to anybody right. else. If, right. if ever other people want to carry, that is their right. To, right. Right. According to the law. All I'm arguing for is I think that there needs to be more, there needs to be a more, there needs to be a more involved process in determining 
you know, carrying. Mm-hmm. I think there, I, th- I do believe that there needs to be a competency ex- mm-hmm. examination mm-hmm. for this stuff. Yeah. You're, if you're carrying lethal force into the public, you have a response. We can't, apparently we cannot trust everybody in the, in the general public to adhere to the same level of responsible behavior that was instilled in me by my dad. Right. And most people are instilled by their parents. But we were talking about everybody universally, as long as you can pass a background check, can get a concealed weapons permit. You're giving them the right to use to carry and use lethal force right. in that situation. But you're not you're not even going to the minute like Washington State. You're not even going to the minimum, like giving the minimum amount of education that says this is where you can and when you cannot use lethal mm-hmm, force. Mm-hmm. So people are going out there with all sorts of misconceptions. Right. This gets me into, the, we'll talk about misconceptions as we talk about I-1639, right. but if people have misconceptions about the legality of purchasing, right. what kind of misconceptions are in the minds of any individual who's out there carrying lethal force? Oh, yeah. I, you hear it all the time about, I know somebody personally in Oregon who who was got in a road, road rage incident and pulled their weapon and got in trouble. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. there's a massive misunderstanding of when you can and can't do that. Yeah. Um, hmm. I just wonder about like that competency test. Yeah. Of like people feeling like it's arbitrary or, you know, w- what is the. What's the threshold? Yeah. I mean, that's something for legislators to decide and work out. But I think that that's obviously a main concern and i and i think gun people this is gets gets to the issue another issue is that Mm -hmm. gun people do gun advocates do not allow themselves i mean because of the rhetoric and because of how divisive this all has become Mm -hmm. and how zero sum it is in the minds of gun advocates gun rights advocates they they're never going to be brought to a table to to try to work out a compromise on something like this. Right. I think we all would agree that the is- there's an issue with irresponsible behavior and mm-hmm. gun o- like on on the behalf of people who are carrying right. and that there are instances of accidental accidental shootings. Oh, yeah. We have I think both sides can agree that we there's something we that should be done to try to curb that. Mm-hmm. Let's instead of just being like no, we're not going to talk because you guys are a bunch of gun grabbers. Right actually having a conversation about it i'm willing to have it absolutely i'm, I'm all for having a con a, a path to conceal carry right but we can differ on what that threshold is right i would the competency thing is just if you get somebody out to the range and they have no concept of muzzle control yeah come back again when you when right. you've done when you've, right. when you've grown up a little bit yeah, that that I like that idea of like sitting at the table. Like if you know or you have a feeling that society, culture, legislators are shifting towards wanting to regulate guns more, I just don't understand how people don't say, "Okay, if that's the direction we're heading, I want to sit at that table to to have input, mm-hmm. to have you know, to, to give my, so I'm heard, but instead refusing to sit at the table, which allows them to, in some sense, be uneducated when approaching that issue. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then just being like, you're never going to, you're never going to do anything to it. Right. And all I have to do is just sit and complain and mm-hmm. go to the same circles where people already agree with you. Right. 
and just talk about how all the dumb liberals are trying to take your guns. Right. What are you doing legislatively mm-hmm. or through the courts to try to make your voice heard? Right. Nothing. You're just you're just going to the places that is a shrink shrinking and smaller circle mm-hmm. of people who who agree with you. Right. And you've allowed yourself to be you allowed your 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 messaging to be completely co-opted by the Trumps of this world and it's become toxic. Yeah. You've like what you're a definition of what is what is second amendment? And there's no greater example of this over there, the bump stop, bump, bump stock thing. Mm-hmm. Everybody flipped out. Everybody's flipping about all these gun reg- regulations. It's all, it's all, we have to support the Second Amendment full stop. It's all zero sum. But then Trump says, well, we should ban bump stocks. Oh, well, I can see that, that that's reasonable. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You've I've... allowed your messaging to be co opted by politicians. Mm hmm. So it's all. So if that's the case, then all it is is it's polit- The Second Amendment is nothing but politics. Right. When you're saying it's actually it's a God-given right. Right. You can't be both. Yeah. To allow that without hesitancy or any reaction. Well, I mean, because the I've seen and I've made that argument. I don't do comic crusades as often as you do, but the that's one thing I bring up is like, dude, you guys just let the government take your bump stocks without any without moving your needle and then the argument is well they're not guns it's like okay well if you're so if your argument is constantly the slippery slope if there's any regulation where could that lead how do you not view this as the same thing Mm -hmm. i don't know people are silly they are silly (laughs) okay so let's switch gears into not switch gears but kind of move into what we wanted to talk about today or what megan wanted us to talk about today so um for those long-time listeners, our friend Megan has joined us on this podcast a few times, and she suggested that we talk about this because as of July 1st, Initiative 1639, it's already, there were some aspects of it that started at the beginning of the year. It Jan- January 1st, it, all of the laws pertaining to age restrictions yes. went into effect. right. Now it's everything else yeah. is being put into effect for all other Washington residents right. as of July 1st. Yeah. So she wanted to us to address that and talk about it. And this is your wheelhouse. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't, I'm going to get myself in trouble at work because I can't keep my mouth shut. Okay. Um, because we get, we're getting a lot of people ahead of ahead of the the bill going into effect July 1st coming down to Oregon because you save tax right. you can buy long guns out of your out of your home state mm-hmm. um and so people are coming to like Vancouver residents especially Clark County residents are are coming down to Oregon and ours like is the first store they come to people right. are coming in buying semi-automatic rifles which under this new law um makes the purchasing of a little bit more a little bit more difficult in Washington in Washington yeah Washington's initiative 1639 would make some the purchase of any semi-automatic rifle just the semi-automatic rifles I want to make that clear doesn't change pistol purchasing shotgun mm-hmm. purchasing purchases of any other rifle that is not semi-automatic mm-hmm. you have in order to purchase a semi-automatic rifle in Washington come July 1st you have to take a state sanctioned class that is, it's good for five years, and it goes in it in in the PDF of the bill. It goes over all of the minimum requirements that that um, that that the class it can be administered by a private party. Okay, it just has to meet the requirements. 
Right. And then you have to sh- present a certificate of it, of this state sanctioned class to the FFL, the Federal mm-hmm. Firearms License Dealer, upon uh, at applying through a background check to purchase a semi-automatic rifle. Mm-hmm. And there's a 10-day wait put on all purchases of semi-automatic rifles in the state of Washington. Okay. So those are that's the those are the two major changes. Prior to this, no class was it just it was a regular background check right. for the purchase of like an AR15 or a 1022 or whatever, any semi-automatic rifle. Now, and then there was no waiting period. So now there is a waiting period and there's a class that you have to take in order right. to purchase them. So people getting out in front of that are purchasing, coming down to my to my store and purchasing a lot of AR-15s mm-hmm. and other semi-automatic rifles so they can get them purchased, save on tax, and not have to go through all these these loopholes right, right. in the future. Um, so you we get all sorts of people with all sorts of misconceptions about this bill, mm-hmm. a lot of blowhards talking about all these different things that just are not true. Mm-hmm. Like this one guy was... This one guy came down with his buddy, and when they were doing a private party transfer, and this guy was, um, he was saying, "Yeah, they're changing the." He's like, I, "He's like, they're changing all of the pistol, all the pistol rules to match Washington, match the the some like the automatic." And I'm standing there. I'm not even. I'm not doing it, but of course, I'm not the one doing the paperwork for the right. customer. I'm just standing there, and I just could not. And this, I knew this guy from WSU. I had a class with him. Uh, okay, a fucking idiot, and. Um, <laughs> So I had a, I had a like an entry level history class with a guy. He's not a history major, but right. I've seen him at WSU Vancouver, and this guy's not an even absolute idiot. Okay, and he's telling this guy, and I'm, I was like, "That's just." I just straight up told him, "I was like, that's not true." I was like, "That's not true. It's not changing the per- the pistol purchasing." He's uh-huh. like, "He's like, well, how do you know that? That's not what I'm hearing from the licensed dealers up in Washington." I go, "I've read that bill, and there's it says explicitly it it only pertains to some automatic rifles." Right, and the guy's like, "Well." That's just not what I'm hearing, and they're just going to do it anyway. Then I said, well, how are they going to do it? It's not in the law. How can they enforce something that's not in the law? Right. And he's like, well, that's just what they do. That They're Democrats. It's just what they do. And I'm like, dude, what the... How do you argue with something like that? Yeah. You can't. So how do you end that? I just walked away. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I love... I love the way you set that up, Jake, because I love... I knew they weren't engaging with you. (laughs) personally and i knew you're sitting on the side just like oh hell no <laughs> and then in comes jake yeah with his unwanted comments yeah um so absolutely they're unwanted because they're educated comments it's i don't get it why why wouldn't you be happy to learn that your pistol you're purchasing of pistols is not going to change in the washington why state the fuck do they assume that you don't know what you're talking about but the gun shop telling them what they want to yes. hear does yes yeah Sorry, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It makes None zero of it sense. Makes any sense? And why would you be mad to get the right information? To get the right information? Yeah, I don't know. I'm pissed. Why? Somebody told me a fact today <laughs> <laughs> that makes my life better. Yes, yes. All the shit that I was planning to do to avoid something that was not true is now made easier because somebody told me the truth. I'm pissed about it. The root of it. <laughs> the root of it is they want to be mad at liberals. They just want to be oh, mad at sure. they want to be mad at yeah, Democrats, yeah, yeah. and then this makes them their case it to say that it. all Democrats are socialists, which is weird because that's an economic term. But mm-hmm. we're social Democrats are socialists, yeah. and they're all gun grabbers mm-hmm. because socialists want to grab guns so they can have control over the people. Right, that's their logic. Yeah, absolutely. Their, this being told that this bill is not as bad as they thought it was mm-hmm. hurts their case to be able to make those 
logical jokes. Yeah, they can't vilify to the extreme that they want to. Exactly. If there's that truth. Yeah. So this is that's off that's off topic, but I think it it speaks to what is happening because there's there is something that's happening right now, and mm-hmm. and Megan brought this up, and I think it's 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 a it is a it is a concern in. The Joey Gibsons of the world are out there going Dude, around. I was just fucking thinking about that guy, <laughs> right? Right when you were talking, I was thinking, I was thinking I do this. We've never addressed this, but I follow him on Say What You Mean, and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll sometimes send you some. Of yeah, you, I, I saw the post that you just sent me, <laughs> Lord. Um, but the misinformation. I'm assuming you're getting at. Yeah, well, no, the misinformation, but also right. the. Um, the we're going to go to the city councils mm-hmm. and demand that these oh, cities don't enforce right. these laws. Right. That's a misconception about what local and lo- local law enforcement can even do. Right. And so you have there's I think there's like twelve county sheriffs and they get they they're now they're being held up as heroes mm-hmm. by the gun community saying like these sheriffs are not going to enforce the i-1639 rules right and i i get that there's an automatic pushback on the other side saying well how can you it's law you have law enforcement has to enforce it it is um it's such a dangerous precedent if law enforcement are just going to ignore certain laws for sure because it fits a political narrative right right? like you're it's your job to enforce the laws as written Mm -hmm. that's the way it's supposed to be done but that's it's there's a huge misconception on both sides about what the role of law, local law enforcement is in enforcing state law. I sixteen thirty nine is a state law. Right. Other than assisting state law enforcement, local law enforcement officers can't make arrests based on state violations. They have to send. They can they can take that information and send it to a like a state patrol right. like a state patrol office and say, hey, we have information. This guy was doing this. We have this guy in custody. There is a Washington state violation. You want to take him? T- we arrested mm. him under local law, but there's also state violations. Do you want to pursue this? And the right. state attorney's office can then can uh, can then go from there. But in order for any sort of arrest to happen mm-hmm. under I sixteen like a violation of I sixteen thirty nine, that would have to come from a state officer anyway. So by saying these local law enforcement saying mm-hmm. they're not going to enforce it there's nothing for them to enforce anyway <laughs> dude so they're not really putting their necks out for the cause all they're doing is propping themselves up as them heroes because they want they want it like it's politically advantageous for them right but they're really not they're really there's nothing for them to really enforce because then the owner, the like the the uh, the purchasing aspects of I sixteen thirty nine. There's nothing for them to enforce right, there. Right. That's on the dealers, and if the dealers choose to not enforce that, those guys are going to jail. Because the only way to not enforce it is by not conducting background checks. Now Ooh. you've got Uncle Sam and the state of Washington coming right. down on your ass. Good luck with that one. So it's just like I I hate the. It's it's so cheap this. Like oh we're you know we're we're going to create gun sanctuaries where we're not going to enforce I sixteen thirty nine. You can't stop a Washington State Patrol officer coming in and enforcing state law. Right. All you're saying is that you're not going to pass along information that would that would assist the state officers in in conducting that enforcement. Right. Right. It's really it's it's a complete misrepresentation of what their roles are, mm-hmm. and I and I I find that incredibly annoying. <laughs> I am now going to so I've been working on some ideas for stickers or or merch. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make a graphic that says we don't enforce anything. <laughs> 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 or or even that we don't enforce 1639. Look at us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like 
That's the equivalent to two podcasters saying, like, we don't enforce this law. Well, yeah, no shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but then, but yeah, they're being held. Oh, my word. I love that. I kind of love that. Like, they're they're patting themselves on the back and being pat on the back for, for... not enforcing something that they can't enforce. Exactly. Oh, that's genius. <laughs> I love that. Oh but, my But doesn't that gosh. get at the heart of this toxic debate over over firearms? Like that that law enforcement mm-hmm. see that, right? And they're using this as a political tool. Right. And to try to further divide people. I agree. This is further di- yes. putting a division between gun owners and non gun owners or mm-hmm. people who are i don't even know like how do you define these two sides but they're like they're it's tangible yeah but you don't know how to define it this right. it's so hard right because mm-hmm. there's it's, it's not like it's obviously it's not it's not um it's not polar right but it but it, it, it there is a spectrum there but like where's the line of demarcation it's just so hard it's so hard to try to like pin this down right but man there is a growing i don't know if it's growing but the, I don't know if growing in numbers, but it's definitely growing in divisiveness. Mm-hmm. This like, if you're like not with us, you're you're against us, mm-hmm. and I've it's concerning that law enforcement is falling into that. Yeah, because I'm not seeing it the other way from anyone in law enforcement, or at least it's not being publicized the same way. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I. Oh God, I love it so much because there's so many holes in that, and and these people who are parading these this this ideal that they're doing the right thing by not enforcing something they can't enforce. There's such a massive gaping hole in that that idea mm-hmm. that <clears throat> it could be shot down instantly. That argument, yeah, you know what I mean. We gotta get him on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> And, and so like that's manip- there's definitely manipulation going yes. on. And that gunshot member when we talked about this the first time when it was still like on it was still being going to be voted over. Yes, we had I brought that flyer. That, yeah, 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 That talked about the different things. This sport, this this private shop developed this flyer, mm-hmm. and they were circulating it throughout the public, saying these are all the effects. And I went point by point and showed like I think there was at least a dozen. Um, false yeah claims on that particular flyer right this same shop is up to it again because they're the ones out oh. there telling people i've talked to multiple customers at my counter mm-hmm. and they've said they've been told by this shop that the pistol pistol purchasing rules are changing and i don't know why they're telling people why? this. i don't know would you imagine or or like you've seen firsthand they're potentially losing business because they're coming to Oregon. Well, they can't purchase a handgun in Oregon. Oh, people, that's a federal law. You can't purchase a handgun directly in Oregon. Okay, it well, has to be sent. It, it has to be. Well, you don't know. You don't know gun laws. You're not. You don't. You're not a gun owner. Right. I don't expect you to. Like I don't expect you to know this. Right. Kind of so if you're not a dummy for not knowing it, you're not in it. Well, maybe they're. Maybe that's a way for them to push purchases. I guess I don't know. They're the lead plaintiff against the Was- against Washington State. That shop? Yeah, there's like so all oh. of, like it's a class action suit against Wa- the state of Washington on yeah. for I sixteen thirty nine. It's in the courts right now, and they're the like the guy that owns this is mm-hmm. the lead plaintiff mm. in this class action suit. Mm-hmm. You would think he would know better. 
So he, I'm assuming he actually does. Right. So there's some ulterior, like some alternate motive of that he's spreading that, that of spreading that misinformation. Wow. Secondly, yes. the same shop. So we talked about the class that you have to take mm-hmm. has to be it has to be state sanctioned. Right. So they're putting out free of charge an online class that you can sit through. It's like a slideshow. It goes over all of the minimum requ- like all the minimum requirements. And at the end, there's a printable PDF of a certificate that says I t- and you sign it. You print uh-huh. it off and sign it that says I took this class. Mm-hmm. They're saying that that is good enough. Like that covers you. They're Just, telling. There are customers that if you do this online thing that's free of charge through their website, right? That it is that that covers all of the minimum requirements, which mm-hmm. I haven't taken it, but I'm, I'm going to assume that it does. But the caveat there is: does the state recognize right. this cl- online class as mm-hmm. being sufficient? If not, you're telling your customers that they're covered and they're not, and that's going to get that can get them into all sorts of trouble, right? Getting the shop itself into trouble. I don't. I, and in in, in what's so like frustrating about it is like where you sign it says it says I in in parentheses with small like type like uh, size ten font mm-hmm. says I certify that I took this stupid class. It's just a big f. All this is is a it big. It says f- that. Yeah, it's a big f you to the state. But there's real world ramifications yeah. if, if you're telling somebody that this is. And so when I asked one of the employees because they can't because the whole per- pistol purchasing thing. Yeah. That we use them as our FFL transfer for when a Washington resident comes down and buys a gun. We mm-hmm. take it up to their shop and they pick it up from that shop. Vice versa. So I'm good friends with a couple of the of the employees of this shop. They're good guys. So I asked one of them. I go. So you guys have this class available. Yep, and it meets all the it meets all of the and I asked him it meets all of the minimum requirements. Yep, cool. Has it been state? Has it like has the state told you? Have you gotten word from the state attorney's office that this online thing that you're offering is you know th- that they're honoring it that they're going to recognize it? No, we haven't gotten to that point. Like so, you haven't checked with the go- with the state government. You can't even be. You shouldn't even be telling people about it if it's not to that point yet. Yeah. I mean, on a very basic level, it's great that that's an option for people mm-hmm. to learn. Yeah. But if the goal is to help with this new initiative mm-hmm. and you're pushing it as that, yeah, that's not... If I was a customer and I did that and I got in trouble, I'd be fucking pissed Yeah, I would at be, that shop. I would be too. I would be too. So there's just a lot of the, the problem with this law is there's so much gray area. Now, so like I've been I've spent all of this time bashing those who are opponents of this right, law. Right. So I want to get into some of the areas yeah. where I have legitimate concerns for about sure. this law. Full transparency, I didn't vote for this thing. I did. <laughs> and I hate you for <laughs> yes, it. Yes, we're um, the the gray areas are what to do with outside purchases. Mm-hmm. Can after July first can a Oregon, can a Washington resident still come to Oregon and purchase a semi-automatic rifle? Because oh, Oregon doesn't have the right, the, right, the class right. um, ish, like the the class requirement mm-hmm. or the ten day waiting requirement. Mm-hmm. Can they just come and purchase standard background check and leave the door and take it north to Washington mm-hmm. with them? This, the bill doesn't address that. Mm-hmm. Okay, it doesn't. So right. we like as a gun shop in Oregon, we don't know how to enforce it. Yeah. So we're looking to ATF. You know the the federal mm-hmm. bureau, the the federal government agency that oversees gun purchases and um, and transfers and stuff like that, um, and it's fairly unclear. Right. So we we don't know where we stand as of July first. Mm. The second thing is is that the state government has not implemented any sort of class 
that somebody can take. So as of July 1st, you're not going to be able to buy a, a semi-automatic rifle in the state of Washington, but they haven't put the infrastructure in place for this to happen. There's no standard of exactly. the test mm-hmm. or of the information that they want provided. Other than what's in the PDF, other than what's in the PDF, mm-hmm. but there's there's no like state infrastructure for that sure. someone could turn to. So it's just like what on earth? Like there's no regulation on that particular class. So what is the class even going to do? Right. Okay. Like, I have to take this class, but there's like no regulation on this class. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which I mean, I, I guess gets into this whole thing that 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 shop is putting out. Right. Like, well, right. like we're we haven't gotten instruction either way, so we're just trying to be proactive about it. Maybe that's yeah. Um, but the the whole like I certify that I purchased this, I took this dumb class. Yeah. That's just, I hate I hate that. I do too. Um, yeah. That so that there's there's just a few like that that's just a few of the the major gray areas. Mm-hmm. Um. Obviously, we've we've talked about you know the safe storage provision. Yeah, there's a lot of misconceptions about that. Yeah. There's a lot of misconceptions about the the hippo the hippo rights. Mm-hmm. So two of the two of the biggest like contentions was one was the safe storage act. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of there was so what that means is that you have to if you're a gun owner, you have guns in your home, um, you can be found liable under a very like narrow like a very specific event happens right that you let somebody into your like you allow access to your home to somebody who you know cannot own firearms mm-hmm. that person gains access to your firearms if they're not and if they those firearms were not locked and then goes and uses that gun in a crime you can be found guilty of ne- like negligence so it's a class three class c misdemeanor right if your guns are locked, you give that person access to your home and your guns are locked and they still find a way to break into your safe or break the trigger lock that you have on the gun because that's the minimum requirement. Mm-hmm. And you can show that you're, you're good. You're, good, you're right. fine. And it just has to be locked. And in, in a, you're protected against unlawful entry. That's not how it was. That's not how this part of the law right. was portrayed by the other side in, in the, um, the, the con side of this debate. So that's that's one thing that's going is this, the safe storage provision. Well, the path to get to getting in trouble for that requires negligence on the gun owner's part, mm-hmm. which as a gun owner, you shouldn't have it. Negligence. Yeah. When storing your weapons. Sure. And this throughout most of this. So every every section of this bill, right. there's like a, a preamble paragraph that was written by the, the people who wrote this bill. Mm hmm. And it kind of cites different things that have happened in recent history. Oh, okay. And this particular um, safe storage provision yeah. is in, is like directly spawns out of the Sandy Hook shooting where that mom knew her son was crazy. Right. S- allowed him access to her firearms. And then he goes and does a tragic right. act with them. Right, right. That's what this, that's where this, this part of the bill got its influence for from sure. let's try for to sure. prevent something like that absolutely but you're protected from some guy some meth addict breaking into your home and stealing your gun and going using it in, in a crime you're you're not going to be prosecuted under that i just want to make that clear like right. you're you are cleared from um you are you are not going to be charged if the the gun is taken under unlawful entry what well, i imagine if i have my guns locked up properly if somebody i know goes and takes my gun and breaks into whatever mechanism I have to prevent that, I'd be pretty pissed. And you're protected by that. Yeah. You're, if you locked up your... Even if... So you have you have like a... 
a nephew who has been adjudicatedly mentally been adjudicated mentally defective right or is a felon and you know this so you lock up your guns someone breaks in breaks the mechanism as you said right you're not yeah you're not going to be you're right. not going to be found guilty right. of anything um the second thing is the hippo the hippo rights yeah what's that um that's your your medical i mean i know what it is yeah, but your medical what, how does this pertain to so in the bill health? yeah so uh. in, the, in the bill it says like when you sign the 4473 which is the federal background check form it is in the state of washington it is a waiver mm-hmm. of your of your hipaa confidentiality oh that's got everybody flipped out because right. all always oh, my is my health records now going to be public um going to be now um like publicly accessible right is it going to be now like it's a public document where anybody can view my my health records okay no no there's no way no. Yeah. So the only way that your HIPAA, like your HIPAA um, information, can be accessed in by a s- state official mm-hmm. is if the people conducting the background check believe that there is a reasonable, if th- there's a reasonable cause for mental health, like for health issues, to be put into this background this broad background check okay. process they then have to that the law the law enforcement agency that is conducting the background check then has to go to a court and then the, and then go through the a court process right. and then a court order can then have medical authorities right give that information <laughs> to a law enforcement the law enforcement agency conducting the background check yeah and then they can make a determination from there right. and then the, the then it it goes back to being sealed. Right. So there's just an avenue that people can explore mental health, which I think if you're, I don't know, in my opinion, yeah. I don't want to speak for everybody, but in my opinion, I feel like we all have agree. Everybody agrees that someone conduct like committing a, an atrocious act of a mass shooting. Yes. There's something mentally wrong with them. Yes. And that has been the calling card to all of the pro gun people. Why we need more laws there. These people are crazy. Yeah. So why would you want to stop something that could potential that addresses the mental health issue right. of, the, of, of this whole equation? Right. I don't know. I feel like it's talking out of both sides of your mouth at that point. Well, that happens all the time. <laughs> um, I just wanted to say real quick that you can find there's a initiative 1639 on the office of the attorney general, Washington state um, page. Mm-hmm. And it has all of these. Um, it's FAQ frequently asked okay. questions page. Um, and they have 16 questions listed and then they could break through, break down like what was effective as of January 1st and then July 20 or July 1st. Okay. Um, and that website is uh, atg.wa.gov slash initiative dash 1639. So if you want more information or if you're curious, um, there's a lot of frequently asked questions there. Um, and then on the side, there's a firearms menu that kind of goes through um, different aspects of gun legislation in Washington. So I know doing your own research is hard, but it's there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't always have the Jake Jokums of the world highlighting everything for you. Sometimes you got to do some reading. Yeah. Well, sorry for getting on. A no, I love it. That was great. Um, I feel like, I feel like I want to do something about it especially in the gray areas that you're talking about. Um, so maybe we can have a discussion about this later, but even if it's writing or contacting the attorney general or, or some, someone, I think if we're going to talk about this, mm-hmm. I think there's an element of responsibility 
to I feel like this because I voted yes and maybe you don't because you didn't but I feel like those gray areas need to be addressed especially the the idea of purchasing over state lines mm-hmm. you know what I mean so yeah. I feel like as somebody who voted yes I I need I need some information on that like if this is not addressed in the bill then what now what like mm-hmm. that's something that somebody I know who sells guns is considering and concerned about so I don't know if I don't do it, I expect all of you listeners to do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Dude, we've been going. Yeah. All right. You ready to close it up? I think so. Okay. One thing I wanted to mention real quick is the party. Just one more time. June 29th. What, what's the date today? <laughs> today is the 19th. So, so 10 tomorrow days. tomorrow is the 20th. So in 10 days, 10 days, 10 days. The second annual black backstage block party. So to support KXRW, to support the radio station that Jake and I uh, do to the Republic for, um, we'll be there for a meet and greet, food, drinks, music, raffles, prizes, community, fun. It should be fun. I'm excited. Um, is Kylie going? I think so. Oh. Okay. I don't I don't know. I okay. actually haven't really asked her. Okay. I should probably ask her. Okay. Yeah. Find out. Because if it's just us. That'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I should bring the the Zoom and just record. But tickets are um, available. You can get them through KXRW. Yeah, go just if you go to kxrwvancouver.org, uh, there's a pop up that takes you right to the um, event page, and it has all the information. Um, the tickets get you food mm-hmm. and raffle tickets um, and two drink tickets. Yeah. So I know, I know some of the, the stuff that's been, uh, donated for raffle prizes and it's pretty good. Yeah. I've looked so, through some of it. It looks pretty cool. Um, whether it's gift cards or actual like items, mm-hmm. it's, there's some cool things. Yeah, and the, the live music should be pretty good. They just added, um, they just added somebody who is a kind of a country artist, okay. uh, who I guess draws her information f- in, inspiration from Reba McIntyre. So if mm. you're kind of a fan of old country music, um, there'll be somebody there for um, at least for a little bit. It, there's there's a whole lineup of artists, right? But there there should be something there for everybody's tastes. Yeah, and it's uh, from 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. on uh, Saturday, June 29th at Say Chow, um, which is down on the waterfront. Yeah, waterfront area. Oh, I hope it's a nice day too. I'm sure it will be. That'd be cool. It's late June. Do we dress formally? I was going to talk to you about that, so <laughs> let's talk about that after the after the podcast. Okay, yeah, that'd be interesting. I'm going to get a tux. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jeff and I'm here to fuck shit up. Oh, God. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.